Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast Season 2, Episode 15. My name is Luke Hatfield, I'm joined by someone who was not here last week. The, the peeps were clamouring for you, Matt Wilson. Were they really? They really were, I had a lot of people on Twitter asking about you. Okay, what did you by, tell them? By a lot of people, I had two people ask me. Two people? Where was Matt Wilson for the podcast? And I said, he's, he's on holiday. Do you, want to, do you want to divulge any more information about that, or are you going to keep it to yourself? Um, yeah, I can divulge more information. Not that interesting. We just went down to see my folks uh, in Portsmouth. Spent a few nice days there. Uh, weather all right? Weather was fine. was going to take the kids to uh, Pepper Pig World, but then looked at the price and thought, no, nah, I won't do that. The kids, yeah, sure. <laughs> You're the one who wanted to go. Come no, on. I didn't want to go to Pepper Pig World. But um, yeah, flipping expensive. I don't know if anyone's ever been, but you have to pay to get into the whole park. It's Paulton's Park. Oh, right. So okay. You have to pay to get into the whole theme park. You can't just go to Pepper Pig World, which, yeah, it's a lot of money. So um, cheeky, we, cheeky, we went somewhere else instead, which was much better. All right, cool. We missed out on Pepper Pig, though. Mm. Um, it wasn't a great return for you, though, was it? No. So. Um, even though I had a week off, I, I did the whole game on Saturday because was, my brother lives in Hull. So it was a, a whistle-stop tour around the country to see my family members this week. Um, and I stayed over at his house on a, on Saturday night. He actually went to the game. And, um, Hull fan or Albion fan? Albion fan. Oh, right. And uh, he sat in the away end. And uh, when I asked him for his... Uh, his uh, assessment of the game afterwards, when I met him afterwards, it was uh, something that his response was one that I can't repeat uh, oh, on a right. family broadcast. <laughs> he wasn't best pleased with the game and uh, I can understand why because I think it was one of the most insipid and inept performances I might have seen mm. uh, under Darren Moore. Um, not very good at all. Yeah, I mean, what What? I mean, what happened? I mean, Albion, normally so free-flowing going forward. I know they've had a bit of a blip, which it's safe to say it's turning into a bit of a slump, to be honest. Um, it just wasn't there at all, was it? No, I think there's a number of factors at play. Um, firstly, there's injuries. You know, losing Dwight Gale is a big blow. Mm. Gareth Barry and Kieran Gibbs are also important players, I think. Um, although I thought Connor Townsend was was arguably one of the better players uh, on the day. I mean, he, he he had a few nervy moments in the second half, but he was at least trying to be proactive and, and drive Albion forward, which not many other players were doing. Um, for me, Townsend and Adarabaya were probably the pick of the players, but Adarabaya was probably the best. Mm. Um, so injuries have played their part. I also think that opposition teams have, found, have sort of found Albion out a little bit. Um, this formation that um, Daryl Moore is persisting with, although he tweaked it slightly on Saturday to a three-four-two-one. Yeah. Um, I think teams know that if if you press their defenders, they'll make errors, and if you sit back. They'll, they'll struggle to break you down. So if you do a mixture of the two, you can probably get at them. Mm. Um, I don't think it helps that, that Moore has changed or the formation partway through pretty much every game in, on this run from a back three to a back four mm. and then started the next game with that back three. To me, that just would would reduce my confidence in the system that, that, that you're starting with because yeah. you, you know he's almost admitting that it, it's not working each game. So why is he persisting with it? Mm. Um I and mean, I also think that you know when they were top of the table and when they were scoring goals for fun, that was arguably not a fair representation of how they were playing. You know, it was mm. they were they were overperforming on on that run. You know, you think about games where they they weren't great and they um, came away with one point or three points. You know, I'm thinking Birmingham City away, Nottingham Forest away. They 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 escaped there with points. 
even you could argue, although they scored four goals in the game, Bristol City at home, you know, they could have been three 0 down in that game early doors. Yeah. So, you know, I think although I don't think it's as bad as perhaps some are making out at the moment, I don't think it's I don't think it was ever really as good as 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 perhaps it looked at, at the time either. Mm. So a bit of a reality check. Um for me the concern is the fact that they haven't responded to the setbacks well. Yeah. You know, they got beaten by Wigan, which what I thought was not a disgraceful victory by any stretch. We're going to be very good at home. I thought they did a number on Albion. These things happen. Yeah. Then they got battered at home by Derby. Um, and that was a game, at least in that game, they, they created chances. They looked like, like they might score. Yes, they conceded four goals. But those were mainly down to individual errors. Mm. Um, okay, it was, a, it, was a, it was a poor day. Um, but for me... The defeat to Hull was worst, arguably worse, because they just looked so lacklustre and listless, and it, and, it, and it really felt like a performance like last season. Mm. Um, they should have beaten Blackburn. They had 20 minutes against uh, an outfield player in goal. They didn't test him. And I wonder if they'd have won that game, whether they whether they would have lost this whole game. There seems to be a confidence issue. I think um, you know, for me, seven out of the eleven players that started on Saturday were, were at the club last season. Yeah. I wonder if there are any psychological scars sort of hanging over from that season. Which you know, lest we forget, they went on their longest unbeaten run um, in the club's history. So mm. you know, there are players in that team, or a group, or, or perhaps even a group of players in that in that squad that have proven themselves incapable of, of, of getting out of these sort of slumps. And I wonder if that's playing its part here. Um, it's concerning, really, because uh, if you if you don't respond to defeat well, you're not going to be up in the top of the table. Yeah. It's all about bouncing back in this division. Um, I interviewed, uh, or as part of, a, part of a team of journalists that interviewed the Wolves manager, Nuno, mm. at the end of last season. And the thing that he was most proud about was how his team responded to defeat. Yeah, um, he even showed us on his on his chart in his in his office that after every defeat they bounce back with a win. Yeah, and uh, that's what you need to do if you wanna if you wanna go up automatically. And, and Albion just haven't done that. It's the it's it's not the first setback at all of of, of Darren Moore's tenure. And it's not the first setback of the season either. You know they've lost other games. Yeah, but um, they haven't responded well to this one. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. It's concerning. It's a massive test for him now, isn't it? It's his foot. the first really, really big test I think Darren Moore's probably had to contend with on the pitch anyway, in terms of getting getting his team back up and back playing the way they were. Because yeah, it might be, it might get fixed when Dwight Gale comes back in, but there's a, there's a big over reliance on him and and Harvey Barnes especially at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, there is, and um, I think everyone sort of knew that anyway because of the way that the games were going when they were winning but mm. it's been brought into stark focus with these results now that Gale's out and also Barnes um, is having a bit of an off patch she's being doubled up on he's not having the same freedom he's not being afforded the same freedom you know he's now a marked man because yeah. of the way he started the season um, so I, I mean, I'm not going to criticise Barnes uh, by any stretch there's a number of factors at play but those don't Having those two players not firing all cylinders or not even available is is obviously a massive, you know, uh, a massive dent. Um, you know, you just have to look at Leeds and, and how their form tailed off when they um, lost Kimar Roof and Pablo mm-hmm. Hernandez. You know, these losing key players does hurt. 
Yeah. But I still think the squad should is strong enough and should be capable of beating Hull City, um, regardless of, of, of that number of injuries. Um, you talk about his first big test on the field. I would probably tend to agree. Um, off the field, obviously, he's had some, some tough things to deal with. You know, the likes yeah. of Ben Foster, Craig Dawson, James McLean, um, throwing their toys at the Prime in the summer. But on the on the field, yes, this is now... Can he now find a new way of winning games, bounce back? You know, I personally think that what they need to do is go back to what he did when he was caretaker yeah. and make them difficult to beat again because the lack of clean sheets is just killing them. Yeah. Um, you know, if you concede one or two goals of a game, you're not going to win. You know, it, it, I, I appreciate that they were winning games like, like that before. Mm. Um, but if you, if you don't concede a goal... And you've got you get at least one point. Yeah. So, you know they need they need to go back to some they need to get back to that I think and and, and it might be a formation change it might be a, a change of approach, um, but I, I think they need to rediscover what what almost gave gave Darren Moore the job. I, yeah. I think he did the right thing at the start of the seat and tried to you know, change the approach, make them more on the front foot because they need to be to win games in this league. But now they're on this run, they need to they need to grind out results rather than uh, rather than let this uh, let this this slump continue. Because if it does continue for much longer, they'll just be dragged down into mid table, away from the league leaders, and giving themselves a lot of work to do. That's it. I mean, and me and Andy were talking in the last episode of the podcast saying. Really, this is the ideal game. I mean, you, I mean, it's not ideal in every sense. You'd have rather it been at home, but to try and kick a to kick a kick a blip or a slump, you'd want someone like Hull where they don't look like they're going to be doing much this season. It looks like it's going to be a relegation battle for them, but it just worked completely against them, didn't it? It did, and I wonder if there was an element of complacency or maybe you know the burden of expectation. You know, we need to win this game. Mm. Um, this is a must-win game for us because of what's happened before and because of the opposition. And may, they look like they clammed up on that, and mm. they did that a lot last season. You know, think about the amount of must-win games that they lost last season. You know? Yeah. Home and away against Huddersfield, Southampton, games like that, they had to win and they just clammed up. Um, and I, it felt the same on Saturday, I must admit. So you never know. This weekend against Leeds, they might, it might free them up a little bit because I don't think many people will be expecting them to win, mm-hmm. uh, considering Leeds are back on form, they're back on top, and, and now they're going through a slump. Um, in some ways, it might actually be bad for them. It's at home in front of their own fans because. You know the fans might added weight. Yeah, it could be. So you know that is concerning though because they're going to have to learn to deal with that pressure and deal with that expectation as the season wears on. Yeah, that's it. And what do you think he changes now, Darren Moore? I mean, we talked about it a little bit. Do you, do you switch the personnel around? Do you, as you said, switch the system? It's, it's one of them where you've got to think how do I, how do we fix this and fix it quick? Yeah, I mean, funnily enough, I actually think what these last couple of games have, have suggested or proven to me is that. Darren Moore had his first 11 almost right before mm. the run because you think about, um, okay, I personally think Barry ahead of Brunt and I think he was sort of gearing, moving towards that because Barry yeah. was, I mean, he was playing them both sort of um, one game each per week but I think he was moving towards Barry being being the starter. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, you look at what happened on Saturday, you know, he, he, he did... Pretty much everything that the fans wanted him to do. He, he he switched to a back four. Okay, 
maybe after the horse had bolted somewhat at half time. Mm. Um, but they still had a half of football to to to, um, to go out with with that system. He bought Sacco and Burkon, you know, players that a lot of people have been crying out for, and they were both. Didn't do much, did they? Yeah, I mean, I was going to say useless, but um, <laughs> Sacco got on the ball, um, but lost it. I think it's just a matter of time for him just trying to get the games. He's obviously not up to speed, is he? He's obviously not match sharp yet. Um, But you can't afford to carry passengers. You know, he lost the ball so many times, so many attacks broke down through him. But at least he was getting on the ball. I mean, Oliver Burke, I didn't even see him. Yeah. Um, No, you could argue that Hull defended well, and Albion couldn't find him, and it was up to the, the creative players to find him. But you know that that was an indictment if ever I saw one, and. Um, you know th- that for me that's that's almost more concerning you know the options that are more disposal to go back to a back four I mean okay they, they looked slightly more solid in defence when they went to the back four but they lost ev- all the attacking sort of threat that they had before mm. that they barely laid a glove on Hull in the second half I think they had one blocked shot and one flicked on long throw in injury time I mean it wasn't good enough and no. you know perhaps actually although it was by far from perfect, but that back that that system and that lineup that they had beforehand, arguably it was the it's the starting lineup for a reason. You yeah. know, um, Sam Field and Connor Townsend as well. You know, I thought they actually kept going, kept trying, and 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 um, kept trying to move Albion forward. In the main part, I think Sam Field is a bit a bit guilty of passing backwards at times and. Needs to pass forward a bit more, a bit more often, but I still think he's he's a good player. But the goal, I, th- I think I'm right in saying it. It was Field's man who, who headed it onto the bar, and then mm. Townsend didn't react to the second ball um, when Campbell swept it home. Now you might be being overly critical there, um, but you know I wonder what would have happened if other people were on the pitch. Yeah, I still think Field um, and Townsend actually are have, have played okay recently. Um, I don't. I, I, I don't think the the recent form has anything to do with them, really. Um, but I I do think that that starting eleven, um, particularly with Barry and Livermore in midfield, and mm. maybe even Morrison in that midfield um, in that midfield role, rather than the number ten role that he played on, on Saturday, is that is is arguably the way forward. Um, I, I wouldn't be adverse to them switching though to a a more traditional four two three one because. Mm. Um, they need to they need to get more solid at the back and they need to stop conceding goals. Yeah, I mean, quickly heading back to Ollie Burke. I mean, how many more chances is? I know he's young. And he's I not had that many chances. Though. Yeah, but he's been at the club for a while now, and there's a couple of managers have had a look at him and thought, I don't really fancy him. There's got to be something going on behind the scenes or something where he's clearly not. Well, he's been put on. He's been put on special training measures to try and get himself up to speed. Um, and to try and improve his out of work, out of ball, um, sorry, out of possession work, and also in possession work as well. Um, I don't think that game was necessarily right for him because Hull had the lead, they were protecting the lead, and they sat back, and he needs space in behind to run into, and there just wasn't any. So maybe uh, for me, I think he's better off the bench when you're winning a game. Mm. But I mean, I haven't been winning many games recently, so yeah. it's difficult. Um, you know, he. He he seems to be quite a sp- specific, specialised player. Yeah. With not 
you know, which is is not great. You know, you need you need people who are versatile and capable of of, of performing in, in in all scenarios, not just one specific scenario. I.e., when you're winning one nil, uh, and you can come off the bench because that's that's probably the only situation at the moment that I can see him flourishing in. Yeah, and then we touched on Connor Townsend as well. Um, someone who has stepped in with Kieran Gibbs being injured, and on the whole, barring as you said, the the goal against Hull. He's done fairly well, I think. He's done okay, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, t- I still think you lose a little bit when you lose Gibbs, but I don't think it's. I, I, I think Townsend's done okay. I don't think it's. It's by. It's by far not the worst um, uh, injury problem that Albin have had in, in recent weeks, and um, it's good because he he was pretty poor against Birmingham City earlier mm. this season, but he's done all right the last two games. That's it. Now I've got a segment for you, Matt. It's called Panic Button. <laughs> I know you love these segments. So I've, I've got a panic button on my phone here. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a phrase and you're going to tell me whether I should hit the panic button regarding West Brom. Okay. Simple enough? Yeah. So I think you know what I'm going to say, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, you're going to say none of these, you should hit the panic button. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I, do, I want to hit this button, so I'm, I'm going to hit it at some point. Albin have only scored, I say only, three goals in four games. It's two, isn't it? Three goals in four. Is it all competitions? Three, three or three? I think it's two and four, isn't it? Is it? Well, they, they lost. If one it's nil, two and four, they then lost it, one nil to Wigan. They lost four one to Derby. They drew they, drew one all with Blackburn, and then they lost one nil. Oh yes, yeah, sorry, sorry, you're right. Two and four. Two do and I, four. Yeah. Do I hit the panic button now? Um, I don't know. No, you don't. I mean, yes, because that is bad, and Dawson's was a. Um, a corner, a corner, and and Rodriguez's goal was a, was a consolation. So, yes, they're not scoring the goals that they were beforehand, but I still think there are goals in that team. So. Yeah. So, do I hit the button or not? Not yet. Not yet. But we're keeping you waiting, guys. I would I would go near the button. All right. Okay. You've lifted the lid on the button. Yeah. You lift that, that little plastic lid yeah. over the button. You've lifted that, and you've sat in the chair, but you haven't pressed it yet. Not just yet. No wins in four. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, it's not panic stations, is it? Because, um, but it's certainly. If they lose to Leeds, do I hit the panic button? No, because I think I think most people expect them to lose to Leeds. If they lose to Ipswich, then yes, you can hit it. All right, in two episodes time, I might be able to get this button. Um, do I hit the panic button on Darren Moore's current system? Uh, well, as I just said, you know. I, I wouldn't be adverse to him changing it. I think it might need a change. But actually, funnily enough, it's it's almost it's almost the fact that he's panicking about the system and switching it to a back four to try and claw his way back into games that is has brought about this run. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because they looked so toothless going forward on Saturday when actually maybe they needed to be a bit braver. Yeah. Arguably, potentially. Although at half time I was saying oh, they need to go to a back four. Um I don't I think there's more at play than just the formation in the system. I think there is a a, a, a general uh I don't know if it's complacency or um fitness, but they just don't seem as urgent or as um dynamic or as determined or as or have as much belief in what they're doing as other teams. Mm. Um, they seem a bit lost at times. 
And I wonder if it's just because they're on a bad run or, or whatever, or whether they're, they're, they're losing faith in the system or whatever it is. But I think there's, I think there needs to be more of a purpose to them. Mm. You watch Derby, there was a purpose. Even Hull, there was a purpose. Wigan, there was a purpose. Yeah. Um, they they have had that purpose before um, uh, this season in in spells in games and and sometimes in full ninety minutes. Um, they need to rediscover it. I mean, it's hard to put your finger on that, but yeah, they, they need to get that back. Psychological thing, do you think? I think it's part of it. I certainly think it's part of it. I think it's all. You know, it has to be, doesn't it? I mean, it's not just about how talented you are and what system you play it's about it's about what's going on inside your head as well uh, as a group and, and individually um, mm. and yeah I think that is part of it alright next one Albion now sit outside the playoff places do I hit the panic button no because they're 7th I mean if they were I, kn- I knew that was a weak one if they were you know one point above the bottom 3 then you could hit the panic button but they're 7th alright um, I mean yeah like I said the concern is that they're getting dragged, in, dragged into mid-table Injury worries for Gail, Gibbs and Barry. Do I hit the panic button on those? No, because they should be back on Saturday. Yeah, that's simple enough. Right, I've got two left. and I've only got one button. The over-reliance on low knees. Do I hit the panic button on that one? Yes, go on then. Panic button hit. Why are you panicking so much? Um, I think Adra Bio is probably, on Saturday's suggestion, he was the best defender in... In the squad, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised and I'd be shocked, actually, if Carl Bartley rediscovered his place after Adderabai's performance. Dawson's been poor. Higazi's been hit and miss. He's had some good games, had some bad games. Um, OK, Adderabai took some time to get to, to, to get up to speed, but he was the best player on Saturday. Mm. Harvey Barnes is quite clearly the most creative and best, you know, most likely and probably most talented midfielder that they've got. Mm-hmm. And Dwight Gale is quite clearly the, the, the best finisher they've got. And they're all low knees. So, you know, that that's why I'm panicking. Um, you know, long term. The thing is, you know, you can look at Derby and say, well, a lot of their success is built on low knees as well. I mean, obviously yeah. they've got great experience around them, like Tom Huddleston is, is doing brilliantly and, and Jack Marriott obviously is their player and all this, and Tom Lawrence is their player. But they've got, they have got some important low knees there. So it's not, Unusual for a championship club to have loanees from from yeah. Premier League outfits to, to to boost them and supplement them, but I think if they don't go up this season, which at the moment I would be, it looks like they won't. Um, you know, they, they are facing a, a very big um, January slash summer of recruitment because um, you know Carl Bartley is not has not impressed since his arrival I want him to succeed I do think he's been a bit unfortunate because of the system and where he's been playing but he doesn't look up to scratch and maybe he just needs more minutes because mm. he's had a lot he's had a long spell under his up uh, an injury but he does not look up to speed at the moment does not look capable um, who else did they buy I think Townsend's one for the future I think he could develop into a good player Johnston's settled in fairly well Johnston's alright I'm still concerned about him um, under the high ball he flapped at a couple at Hull again mm-hmm. um, shot stopping's fine he's a bit weak from range he's let a quite a few long range efforts go in but sort of reflex shot stopping I can't fault him he's been brilliant Yeah. Um, but there are a couple of errors there that he, he needs to improve but he is still young You know, he is 25 so He'll probably improve those those aspects of his game. Um, 
who else did they buy in the summer? Uh, well, it depends if you're talking about free agents or, now as well. Well, there you go. I mean, that's the thing. They 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 were well, they were obviously not pleased with their summer recruitment because they went and bought three free agents in. Yeah. And Saka, you know, I have they had the positive impact that we thought they would. Houlihan looked like a shrewder acquisition, but then he had a, a really poor half an hour against. Uh, I think it was Blackburn. Yeah. Sacco looked like he might be some. It might be a good signing, but then he had, he was really poor against Hull. Tyrone Mears, I think he's just filling a gap, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's yeah. he is not one that's going to get um, bums off seats. I think again, almost in the same mould as Bartley, he would look better as a as as, as a traditional right back. Um, but he's not a first team player, is he? He's there to to make up the squad numbers. That's it. My last panic button. I was just glad to, glad I got to hit the button. To be honest, yeah. man. Um, the shaky defence. Are we hitting the panic button? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's one clean sheet, isn't it? All season in the league, anyway. It's worrying. Yeah, it's, it's you can't. As I said earlier, you, you you can't you can't rely on them to score four goals a game. They're not going to do it. We said this at the time, though, to be fair. We did say yeah. they're going to have to shore it up because uh, there's going to come a time when you're going to need to win 1-0. And they haven't done it yet. So um, I need to go back to what uh, what Darren Moore was doing when he was caretaker. That's it. And if they don't do that, you're going to, you're going to worry for him a little bit. All right, let's talk about Neil Cutler quickly. Um, departed, joined Dean Smith at Aston Villa. Are you surprised... Or is it one that you kind of expected? No, I'm not surprised. It was always on the cards. I mean, even though Cutler is a is a West Brom fan, um, he owes a lot of his um, of his career to Dean Smith, who obviously took him to Warsaw uh, as goalkeeping coach, then promote, and then almost. I mean, he was more than a goalkeeping coach under Smith. He was he helped out with first team matters, and then when Smith left, mm. I think he became actually became officially first team coach. But him and Smith go back a long way and, and you know I, as soon as Smith went to Villa I, I thought that was on the cards um, you know it's um, I think it's a shame to lose to lose Cutler mm. uh, because he played quite a big role towards the end of last season uh, uh, during that that impressive run and whenever I've spoken to him I've been pretty impressed with with, with, with how he comes across and, and his ideas on the game but um but yeah, when when as soon as Smith went to Villa, and because Bruce um, Bruce's goalkeeping coach went with him, yeah, that was always on the cards. Yeah, so a bit of a blow to team go. Um, questions, Matt. Lots of questions today, as you might have expected. You know, losses get people asking questions. Ross Wood asked the first one: Is there a danger that Albion fans are slipping into the modern fans' malaise of nobody being quite good enough to manage us, nor good enough to play for us? Um, I don't know. Uh, that's just. Uh, pretty deep question for an opener, deep question, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, well, I think you have to look at the recent history. Um, they've got an, an inexperienced manager in charge, mm-hmm. so I think you can question whether he's ready for the job. And they've got a group of players who, okay, they've they've done okay this season, um, but they a lot of them were involved in in a really poor season last campaign. So I think you can be critical of them, and I think you can question how how they're doing. Um, I think perhaps what he, what he's getting is that, is that is that is our people overreacting to this to this slump in form. Which um, look, I, I don't know because you can't you can't lump every supporter in with 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 the other. I mean, everyone's got a completely different sliding scale on how they feel about certain things. 
and a whole myriad of topics as well. So, you know, you cannot lump them in. Um, I and you know the other the other side of that is that they have been burnt recently, mm. quite significantly by this club, especially last season where they were treated with contempt, to be honest, by the players, the um, successive management staff, things like that. So you can understand their um, their annoyance. Um, but I am I do think there's also like a, a prevailing um, trend, not just West Brom, but in throughout the whole game. Mm. at every club that patience seems to be dying and I wonder if it's just because we live in an age where we can I mean you can quite easily Google something and find it out straight away or if yeah. we want to get food we can get an app for that and it will it's delivered to our door straight away um, I just wonder if there is and maybe it's just the way that, that modern management is going people you know coach Managers are now head coaches, aren't they? And they're not managers, yeah. so maybe then they're, maybe they're not given the same amount of time as 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 they were before to build things. And maybe that's just the way it's going, and that's okay if if you accept that. But I am surprised, maybe that um, you know it's, it's it's a four it's a it's a four game winless streak, which is bad. And as we said before, there were signs before that this was coming. Yeah. But for me, part of the um, part of the joys or part of the interesting aspect of this season was to be was to see how Darren Moore evolved and developed as a manager. Yeah. Um, and if you want to do that, if you're willing to do that, you're going to have to take the rough with the smooth. You're going to have to take the defeats um, and the bad performances with the good performances. If you if if that's what you want to if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Now, some fans may not want that. Some fans may want. Um, well, they, they want to see their team win, don't they? Essentially, yeah, every um, single weekend. Every single weekend. But I think that's quite an unfair barometer. But I, you know, no team's going to win every weekend, and they are only five points off the top. But they're also only five points ahead of sixteenth. Yeah. So you know, with every with every argument you have for, you know, there is a there is an argument against, and I think you have to just call it as fairly as you can see it. I don't. I don't. And with every fan, it's 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 up to themselves to have their own you know have their own opinion, have their own sort of um, well their own how they their own views and how they see it. Yeah, that's it. There's a caveat to everything in this league at the moment. Uh, Tom Floyd asks: It's the first bad spell of Big Dave's managerial career. A man who loves the club and united us at the end of a terrible season with four, five points off the top, and fans are calling for his sacking. We've seen worse. Shouldn't we, as fans, get behind him, show him the loyalty he deserves? Oh, it seems to be a theme on these questions. I'd, um, as I said earlier, yes and no. Obviously, Darren Moore deserves um, time and patience and goodwill, I, I believe, because of the way he he has treated the club. But also, um, supporters, let's not forget this, spend thousands of pounds and supporting their club, and, and they have every right to hold those in charge to account be it head coach be it chief executive be it chairman be it owner um, you know as a head coach I think Darren Moore deserves a bit of slack because he is just starting out mm-hmm. um, you know he he was offered the job so if you want to criticise if he turns out to be a failure 
then the finger of blame is perhaps not pointed at him, but pointed at those who appointed him. You know, it's pointed yeah. at Guo Chong Lai essentially because it was his call to appoint him. So you, you, you know, I, I, I completely understand where he's coming from, but again, you, you can't, um, you can't just say that that Darren Moore is is, is um, you, that you can't criticize him because. You, know, you can't be exempt from criticism no, for can't. being for being you know a nice guy and being you know so heavily involved in the club previously. No, can no, you? you're you, judged on your results. That's your that's the deal as a manager. Yeah, and you can have yeah exactly, and you have to get you you have to get decisions right. Yeah, yeah. Sol asks if West Brom lose to Leeds is Moore's job in question. I think that's a bit much, isn't it? That is too strong. I think. I I mean I don't see why. Why would why would you sack him now? So you, so you want to fire him at the what the first the first opportunity essentially? Yeah. Um, I don't. Under, I wouldn't understand that personally, unless you had someone fantastic lined up. Steve Bruce is available. <laughs> but you know, seriously, I mean, at, at the end of last season, it, it looked like okay, he maybe he's got something. Yeah. Maybe he's got something, and um, start of this season. Start start off a little bit shaky, but then they came into it. And, you know, oh, maybe he's got something. Yeah. Well, now he's having he's, he's got a deal with this. Let's see how he deals with it. Yeah. Um, obviously, if they keep losing games and they lose games all the way up to Christmas, then yeah, maybe you have to start thinking about making a change. But against uh, lose against Leeds, no. Toughest game is one of the toughest games of the season. Well, they're top of the table, um, and yeah, I'd, no, no, I too 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 soon. Yeah, too soon. Far too soon. Joe Apperton, realistically, how many games do you think we've actually played well for the full 90 minutes so far? I'd say five out of the 16, and that's being generous. That's a good question. Um, Stoke was pretty good. Um, was that good, or was Stoke very bad? Oh, a, bit, a bit of both, to be fair. But yeah, Stoke, they were good against Stoke. Who? So, um, Bolton, no. Forest, no. Um, who came after that? Who did they beat after Norwich? Norwich. No, they weren't. They no, they're a bit shaky there. Yeah, you conceded three goals. In yeah, who was who was after that? I can't remember. The, was it was that Stoke? I can't remember. I can't remember. Blues? No, no. I literally can't remember now. Um, well, I they've mean, been. I, 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 without having the list in front of me, I, I, it, but yeah, I mean, they they have been. Um, they haven't been, you know, completely. At the races for the full ninety in in me, in many games, I think that's a fair a fair. Um, Is it fair to expect that of any team though? Is any team going to dominate from minute one to minute ninety? Uh, probably not. Probably not. I mean, it's probably unfair to ask that. I think a little bit to expect it, especially you know a team that's just dropped down into the championship has got a rookie manager in Darren Moore. Maybe maybe a little bit harsh to expect that. Um, I think it's hard to expect that. Yeah, I think you well, you want to make your periods of dominance count, which is what Albion were doing beforehand, um, and now they're not. Well, they're struggling to have periods of dominance, to be fair. But mm. yeah, now they're not. So yeah, I mean, like you say, maybe it's an unfair question, but it's a, it's, it's an interesting point. Got a list of questions for matches for you. Oh, so got them. The Bolton game. No. Forest. No. Norwich. No. Luton in the FA Cup in the uh, Carabao. Oh, don't forget about the Carabao Cup. Cup. QPR. Yeah, the, yeah, they, but yeah, they, they dominated that game. 
Borough. No. Stoke. Yep. Blues. No. Bristol City. No. I mean, they dominated about two thirds of it. Yeah. So. Millwall. Uh, yeah, they dominated most of that. Yeah. Uh, Preston. Uh, oh, well, you could. They were the better team. They were the that better day. team, quite, quite, quite significantly the better team. Scoreline yeah. doesn't accurately represent. No, it was more of a three-one game. Yeah, they were the better team for most of that. Wednesday. No. Reading. Four-one. Reading were Reading were much better in the first half, but but you win the game four-one. You've you've dom- you've dominated the game. You'd think so. Most. I'd give that a yes. I mean, well. The, they had a spell, didn't they? I, don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Everyone has a spell in a game. Well, they had the first half. Exactly. Wigan. No. Derby. No. Blackburn. No. Hull. No. So yeah, maybe he's right. Maybe it's about only about four or five. But like you say, it's 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 yeah, not to ninety dominating is quite hard. Yeah. Yeah, only the Man Cities and the Liverpools of the world really do that. Um, Omar Baggy Sayan asks, do the Albion board want to see promotion? Will they actually buy proper players in January? Those are two separate questions. Yes, they want to get promoted. Uh, Grouch on lie. Bought Albion because they were a stable Premier League club. He wants them to be in the Premier League. He has no interest in the Championship. Will they buy players in January? Um, unless they sell first, I doubt it. Uh, they're currently in an overdraft. And regardless of whether they buy anybody, even if they don't buy anybody in January, they will have to extend that overdraft in March just due to um, future payments on transfers and wages. So yeah. unless they sell someone, they won't, I, I'd be surprised if they did uh, anything other than um, they might you know, do a bit more sort of minor business. Mm. Um, I can't see them doing any big business in January. Um you know, unless there's a change in approach, and they think actually we need to we need to go up this season, mm. um, so let's let's gamble a bit more on it. But as it stands, uh, no. Yeah, Joe asks, will the likes of Mears and Hulahan be offered extensions in January? Surely, if Mears is offered a new deal, despite his woeful performance, it shows unprofessionalism by Darren Moore. A bit harsh, that I think. A bit strong words there. But do you reckon they'll be offered extensions? Um, I'm not sure yet I mean we've got two months left until January uh, depends on what how the squad's shaping up what if there are any injuries how those two have fe- played or they featured before that whether the album want to sign another right back to play instead of Mears whether you know how, you know how much they're on compared to other players that are available there's a number of factors at play it's mm. too early to say a lot of people asking about the ownership. Um, should we be questioning the ownership of the club? A lot of people asking about where where you think they want Albion to finish. Um, do, you, do you see them targeting a top six finish? They want them to finish top, don't they? <laughs> Simple enough. The, the team, if you own a football team, you want them to do well. Yeah. Um, I think the question is, the, the question is, will they will they spend the money or, or be the or back them in in the way? That they need to finish top. Well, I've just answered that. Mm. Um, I still think the squad, although it's too old, it is too old. They need more dynamic younger players uh, on the pitch. But I still think it's a very strong squad. I think yeah. it's a squad that's just strong enough to be in the in in the top six. Easily top six in terms it's a of very squad strong, strength. It's a very strong squad. So, you know, although um, 
yeah, obviously we can question the owner's motives and their intentions because we've got an, an owner who is currently resides in China. We've got a chairman who doesn't say too much, um, doesn't live in the country. Um, so yeah, you can question their their desire and their motives, but I I think their message has been pretty clear from the outset that they're not going to pump the money in. Mm. They wanted a stable Premier League club. The reasons behind that was so they could win lucrative housing contracts in in China um, and look good in front of their government. Um, you know, that it's so that they can set up these West Bromwich Albion soccer sports towns, which I've I no idea if they've been built yet. But, um, you know, they want to be in the Premier League because that's where the money is, that's where it is, that's where it's at. But at the same time, um, it's, it's, up, it's the board's due diligence to not gamble everything on promotion. Yeah. And to not... Because if you don't go up, and and what you leave you leave the club financially ruined. Look at the way Aston Villa ended up yeah. just to start of the season before their own new owners came in. Exactly, they were in dire straits. All of a sudden, dire. all of a sudden, you need someone to come in and buy the buy the club off you. It's, you know, it's it's. Uh, yeah, I'd rather they went about it um, safely and pragmatically, and 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 did their best to try and. Oh, a, have I hit the panic button again? No, it's a fire no, alarm. It's a fire alarm. Stopped. Don't worry, guys. Um, you know, safely and pragmatically. I don't. I think if anyone's waiting for a massive cash injection from these owners, then they're, they're, they're going to be waiting. Don't you know. hold your breath because yeah, then it's not going to happen. I mean, I don't. I, I, I can't see it happening yeah. because it's, it hasn't happened yet, and um, they were relegated last season. So if it was going to happen, it was going to happen in January last uh, year. Just gone. Yeah, um, we had so many questions, guys. I'm going to finish with one more, but keep always keep these coming in. We, we try and get through as many as we can. Uh, Harrison Walker asking about uh, Dawson, but also um, Jay Rodriguez is someone who's been in the press this morning as well. Mentioned with Burnley yet again. Should we sell either of these players? Well, Dawson uh, hasn't started the season great, I don't think. Um, His market value would certainly be down on what it was, you'd, you'd think. Yeah, I don't, I, but the problem is, if you sell him... Then who'd you play there? Jack Fitzwater, maybe? You recall him from Warsaw and put put him into the team. I mean he's not played in the championship before. Be a risky move. Be a risky move. But Dawson has the touch of the, the Johnny Evans about him this season. It mm. doesn't seem like he's fully com- committed or convinced to be there. I mean, even when he scored the other the other week he barely celebrated and yeah. he I mean, you can't really read too much into it, but he looks miserable in every single um published photo that you see of him um, so I wonder if he's if he's minds elsewhere um, Jay Rodriguez I he's missed a couple of good opportunities this uh, last couple of weeks but I I don't want to see him go I think he he works very hard up front and yeah. um, he may not always find the net as regularly as you want but he has still got eight goals to his name okay four of them are penalties but he still has to stick him away I still think he's a good striker for this league um, I think Gale is probably outshining him a little bit at the moment that's fair to say but I think Rodriguez is, is still a very useful um, squad member useful team member I, I think when Albion 
aren't their best. You know, he's one of the players that makes them tick. Yeah, I agree with you there. Right, away day appetite. Matt, you were at Hull. Uh, we continue in this segment. What was the food like? Food was good. It was sandwiches and wedges. Wedges and sandwiches? The cold sandwiches, nice hot wedges, and you could serve yourself, so I had loads. Oh, right. Yeah. So quantity wasn't, wasn't, wasn't an issue? Yeah, quantity over quality. It's brilliant. How did it compare to the caloric delights of Wigan and Preston? It was better than Wigan, worse than Preston. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. There we go. Right, let's quickly talk about the competition. Um, last week, me and Andy fronted the competition. Codger, J-Rod and Kane, we had to score. And Codger and J-Rod let us down. So, uh, unfortunately for Adam Dandy, he didn't win an Albion shirt. But we got another chance this week, as always. The three games. This time, Albion versus Leeds, Derby versus Villa and Blues versus Hull. Matt, do you want to uh, give me a goal scorer any time for Albion versus Leeds? Kemar Roof. Oh, you've been serious as well, Kemar Roof. <laughs> well, it's written in the stars, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. He's got, got something to prove, hasn't he? Let's be honest, it's, you know. Derby versus Villa. Um, I will go with Tom Lawrence. Tom Lawrence. Really impressed yeah. with him when he came to the Hall Forms. Thought it looked really good. Done well. He's has done well. And Blues versus Hull. Blues versus Hull. Uh, I'll go with uh, Jukovic. Jukovic. Good choice, man. In form. Yeah, he's doing really well. Yep. So, if Kimar Roof, Tom Lawrence, and Jukovic all score, then one lucky listener who retweets and follows the podcast on Twitter will be entered into winning an album shirt of their choice with name and number on. We have had one winner already this season, so there's no reason why you can't be the next one. Right, let's talk about Leeds quickly because we are pushing on a little bit. We're just over 45 minutes now. Um, many people's tip for the automatic promotion places after the start of the season they've had, although they have had a blip. Um, they do look very, very good. It's going to be a tough old game, isn't it, for Albion? It's going to be really hard. Um, yes, they had a blip. That was when they had uh, Ruth, Hernandez and Bamford injured. Mm-hmm. Ruth and Hernandez are back now. And they look fantastic again. I mean, they, they're they back on the winning trail. Um, they've got a very experienced head coach, a very well-respected, well-renowned head coach in Marcelo Bielsa, the, you know, the sort of manager who demands a lot from his players and, and sort of manager that is heralded and, and, and almost, you know, worshipped by the likes of Pep Guardiola and, and, and others. So yeah. um, it's going to be very tough for Albion. If they win this, then... It, they're back. They're back. Essentially, you know, the, all the confidence will come flooding back, and they will be back on the winning trail. We won't have tweets asking about Moore's job, will we? I would be surprised, <laughs> um, but I, I think Leeds will win. I think Leeds. Um, I, I don't think any team has really stood up and and said they're going to be the team to, to to take the championship yet. But Leeds have been one of those teams along with maybe Derby mm. and Mills, maybe Middlesbrough and Nottingham Forest who you think will be there come yeah. the end of the season because of the way um, that Bielsa's got them going and I think it's going to be really really tough um, and if I'm honest I think Leeds are going to win yeah talked about it a little bit earlier do you think it works against Albion being at home for once because they're normally so good at home but as we said they haven't won there in two now Am I right in saying? They haven't. Um, I don't know how it will work. I mean, sometimes, it depends on the game, sometimes if a game gets a bit feisty, especially it's sort of a late kickoff, half five, tea time, mm. 
if the game gets a bit feisty, then sometimes the home fans, you know, get, can really help a team and, and push them over. So um, we'll we'll wait and see how the game goes. Um, like I said, I, I'm expecting, I'm hoping, uh, Albion are expecting to get Gale, uh, Gibson. And Barry back, and that you know that'll be big for Arby. Yeah, that'll be big. I mean, Chris Brunt probably going to sit out with his hamstring injury that he picked up against Hull. But if if you can get those three back in the team, and, and you know, it's it could be it could be a ding dong game. Um, they've got all week to prepare for it, and uh, you know it's going to be a big test of their of their metal. If they roll over and limply and meekly and and lose two or three nil, then yeah, I, I think. Um, I think we could probably, for now, put to bed any chances of going up, or well, automatically at least. Mm. But if they, if they, you know, if they win or go toe to toe with Leeds and maybe even get a draw, yeah, um, then I think you can start to think, okay, there's something there to build on uh, in the international break, and and you know they've got Ipswich afterwards, which will hopefully be an inviting game, um, and. Um, Mind you, Hull was inviting. Um, you know, if they can get any sort of result against Leeds, I think that's something to build on. Yeah, certainly, and I'd agree with you. Match prediction, Matt? Like I said, I, I just think Leeds will probably win. You reckon? you got a scoreline? Uh, I'll go with 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. I, feel, I feel bad saying that, because you never know. I mean, it's it's a late kickoff. It's on TV. It could be, yes, Leeds are very good, but if Albion have their big hitters back, you never, you know, it's at home... I think I'm, I think Albion will get at least a draw out of this. Do you year. reckon? I think this Leeds team, yes, they're good, but I think they're beatable. I think I saw them against was it? It was Wigan over the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah. And their second goal, I mean, the keepers had an absolute nightmare. And they had the, they had the roof handball, didn't they, the other day to rescue a point? Wasn't yeah. It? So they're not. They're not. They're not. You know, Man City by any stretch. But if Albion played like they did against Hull on Saturday, they'll get beaten. Put yeah. it that way. So, but if they get back to their their best and, and and play like they have been at home, you know. Particularly if they're as clinical as they have been at home at certain times, then they're cap- They are capable of beating Leeds. Mm. But I just, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe a draw's right. Maybe maybe it'll be a draw. I'm going two one Albion. You reckon? Yeah, that is very optimistic. It is, but I'm an optimistic guy. All right, let's finish up, Matt. You got anything else to add? Uh, no, just uh, thanks for sticking with us on the podcast. Hope last week was all right when in my absence. And obviously, as always, if you can rate and review on iTunes or wherever you get this SoundCloud, please do. Um, and if there's anything you think we can do to improve it, um, just let us know. Uh, we're all available on Twitter. I'm sure you'll be able to find us. Yeah. Um, and I hope we answer all your questions because that's part of the reason that we do this. Um, and yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, there we go. Matt, it's a delight to have you back. Thanks for joining me today. That's all right. And thanks for everyone to listening. We will catch you next week after, hopefully, an Albion win.